0: Fire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy.
1: Garoppolo quick pass.
3: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by Indeed and Bet Online. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the Blue Wire Network. Joining me tonight, as always, is my co host, former NFL defensive back, mortal enemy of Peter the Rabbit, Eric Crocker. <laughs> What's the latest, man? How's well, it going? I'm
2: still alive, so that's good. Right. I wasn't sure I would make it to even record this podcast the way Peter was looking at me yesterday. But, you know, the wife came home and dude just switched up everything. But I don't know. There's still something creepy. Like, I still get this, like, creepy vibe. Like, my wife was, like, holding him and petting him, and he was just, like, looking at me. And he's he's plotting something, that's for sure.
3: Right. He flipped the switch. He knows that he needs to – he knows that he can't have the whole family turn on him. He needs allies within the house. Otherwise (laughs) – He'll end up within outside in the forest. So, you know, fending for himself, which won't be a problem for a demon rabbit, but he needs allies within the house. He's got to keep your wife on his side so that he can, you know, gives him more time and freedom to plot his to plot your demise.
2: Yeah. Well, he's doing a good job of that. But I I definitely have my eye on him. I was looking at him earlier today like, yeah, dude, you're not slick. I'm on to you.
3: Was he looking at you?
2: He was like looking at me at the corner of his eyes, but you know his eyes are kind of like on the side of his head anyway, so it's always looking like he's looking at the corner of his eyes. But
3: yeah, he... well, the, the, <laughs> you can hear her laughing back there. Anyways. I mean, dude, like a velociraptor has yeah. eyes on the side of its head too. Right. So... I mean,
2: and, I mean, look at like there's really not much a difference between Peter and a and that type of you know dinosaur.
3: A beast, just a a cold-blooded beast. Yeah. Right. Yeah, man, just, I mean, just, just don't become complacent. Right. You know, I don't want to get a FaceTime from you and you're just sitting there like bleeding out on the, on the floor and Peter just walks in front of the camera <laughs> and I just see the camera, the, the camera turn off. Right. You know, like you just stay vigilant, bro. Stay vigilant.
2: Yeah. Definitely Uh, not, not uh, going into any dark rooms with him in there.
3: No. No. So, 49er things, I suppose. 49er things. Um, Today is mailbag day. So, it's all about you guys. Yeah. It's all about your questions, your thoughts, your uh, your thoughts. We haven't, like, again, I always say this, but we haven't, like, pre-scrubbed the questions for the ones we want to answer and the ones we don't. We haven't, like, looked through them to make sure our answer is completely on point. I just feel like, you know, maybe that would would up our, you know, if questions that require a little bit of research, maybe, but at the same time, I want your questions to be kind of like on the fly. Like you were asking them to us while we were sitting around in a big room together. So that's always been my outlook towards it. So we haven't like gone through your questions and pulled out a bunch of research or nothing. So we're going to hit these things. Um, a few little, I guess I always call it like housekeeping news first. Um, Kyle Shanahan, you know, the 49ers recently opened up Richard Sherman's practice window. Kyle Shanahan is holding out hope that he's going to be available for the Rams game, which is not, obviously, the 49ers play the Saints, and then they have a week 11 bye, and then they have a week 12 uh, contest against the Rams. So, for him to be holding out hope against the Rams, I mean, that's like two weeks away. So... I don't know. I mean, Richard Sherman did post on Twitter. He posted a little picture of himself that just said, like, soon, I think. So we know he's he's planning on coming back. He's coming back. He only has three weeks. You know, he missed the Green Bay game. Uh, he would have missed the Saints game. And I believe a bye week doesn't count towards the IR or the little practice window, I believe. So, I mean, I'd have to get that more information on you guys for that. But so Kyle Shanahan said he's holding out hope that. Richard Sherman returns for the Rams game. We kind of talked about that yesterday, about the fact that we believe he would step in in place of Emmanuel Mosley to work along with Jason Verrett. Uh, Raheem Mostert is a no-go this week. Uh, Both he and and Tevin Coleman are out versus the Rams, so it'll likely be the uh, Jarek McKinnon slash Jamichael Hastie show, I assume. Uh, The 49ers were not awarded. Although Ian Rappaport did say they put in a claim, the 49ers were not awarded former Falcons pass rusher Tack McKinley. I think Kyle Shanahan tried to play it off like they didn't put in a claim. But Rappaport said they did.
2: What what exactly did he say?
3: He just said – he said that he didn't think they put in a a claim and and he didn't think they were going that direction. But then – and, and the Bengals ended up claiming him, so nobody had a shot. Like The 49ers still didn't have a shot because um, the Bengals are up towards the top of the order. But uh, Kyle Shanahan said he didn't think they were going that direction, and then Rappaport later tweeted that the 49ers did indeed put in a claim. And I'd have to go find it, but I believe if if I'm not mistaken, if the Bengals wouldn't have claimed him, and the then the 49ers would have got him. Let me see. I'm trying to find that tweet right now, and he's got so many of them. Okay. What if Tack McKinley wasn't claimed by the Bengals? Sources said that the Raiders, Browns, and 49ers also put in claims since he won out. I believe the 49ers are above, or excuse me, yeah, above those other teams on the waiver order. Correct. So the 49ers would have got him if the Bengals didn't. Now, if they did indeed put in a claim as. Ian Rappaport suggests. So, I mean, that's cool, I guess. I mean, the guy was kind of being weird, you know, like basically calling out his team on Twitter and stuff. But, I mean, yeah. it's obviously a position that the 49ers need.
2: Yeah, no, nah, he, he was a little upset, and it seemed like he definitely wanted out of Atlanta. Right. He even right. called them, basically said that they were stupid for not trading him when he he had more value.
3: Right. Something about a second round pick. And, and then rumors this year were they weren't trading him, you know, for a lesser pick when they could have traded him last year for a yeah. second round pick. It was kind of all over the place. I could see that being a lot of teams' reasons for not claiming him. They just they don't want their shit aired on, on social media.
2: Right.
3: You know, so, but I, that doesn't deny the talent on the field, but who knows? Who knows? And who knows if the 49ers did actually put in a claim for him? I would probably believe Kyle Shanahan is was kind of like lying over Ian Rappaport lying just because Kyle Shanahan seems like he would do shit like that, you know, but who knows? Who knows? Kendrick Bourne, Mr. Positive, negative, 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 positive. Who knows? (laughs) Uh, Kyle Shanahan, he's hoping Kendrick Bourne is able to come back to practice later this week. Um, He is apparently asymptomatic which means he has no symptoms despite testing positive for COVID-19. Um, so he would have been in isolation all this time. I know that the, it's it's like 10 days, so this all counts. So they're thinking that he may be able to, uh, to get on the field soon so that he can travel to New Orleans and be available for the game on Sunday. So that's looking like where it's trending, but who knows with that guy. He could test negative and positive again or something. I don't know. That's just a really weird, weird situation.
2: Yeah, no, nah, definitely, definitely weird. I'm still confused by the whole thing. It's like, you know, but hopefully, you know, it all clears. And even if it doesn't, I mean, at least, you know, obviously we want him to be healthy. But, you know, we've seen uh, – we will get a chance to see a little bit more of Richie James. So, you know, that's a right, nice right. little consolation prize.
3: And that was kind of our—I our, mean—the way we kind of leaned towards the Richie James situation. Like, if Kendrick Bourne can't play, then then there's no reason we shouldn't see more Richie James, you know. Whereas if it's the inverse, you know, I, I, I didn't really think that Richie James' performance against the Packers really moved the needle. Like, would would kick Kendrick Bourne to the bench? Maybe they'd try and get him involved a little bit more. But if Kendrick Bourne's not playing, then there's no reason to not see more richie jam after what he did so um 14 all right and lastly 49ers just straight up practice report um did not practice today tevin coleman demetrius flanagan Foles with a hamstring tevin coleman was a knee debo samuel still not practicing with his hamstring uh trent taylor is now out with a back injury who at one point was the 49ers only healthy receiver uh k1 williams is still out with his ankle uh which Shanahan said it was going to be a while and lastly limited was River Craycraft, who looks like he made it might have uh, pulled his quad a little bit so still plenty of players dinged up you know and that doesn't really include anybody on injured reserve i thought the 49ers put K1 williams on injured reserve maybe i'm wrong it, you can't blame me for losing track at this point because it is a swinging door between the 49ers and injured reserve Players are constantly walking in. Players are constantly walking out. So, it's been tough. All right. Is it mailbag time, Crocker? It's mailbag time, baby. All right. So, we're going to go back and forth. You go, I go, you go. And obviously, we both answer the questions. But I'll, I'll lead off with you. All right? All right. We got Adam Coates. Coates 49er. What percent... What percentage would you put on the 49ers moving on from Jimmy G after the 2020 NFL season season? If they move on, which rookie quarterback do you see them, see them being able to pick up?
2: All right. Uh, I'd set it up. No, hold on.
3: Hold on. I read the question wrong. Which okay. rookie quarterback do you see being able to pick up Kyle Shanahan's offensive playbook in year one? I mean,
2: okay. I see what you're saying. Right. So so when it comes to, you know, the chances of Garoppolo still being on the roster, I'd say it's 50-50. Um, you know, a lot of different things play yep, into true. that. Oh. Yeah. No, you're good. Well, okay, you yeah. good. Yeah, I was like, what am I? Did, did, Peter, did Peter get you? <laughs> All right. So um, I'd say 50-50. I think, you know, obviously a lot of different things play into that. Um, you know, how he finishes off the year, if, if he's able to. Um, what quarterbacks are available on the free agent market as like kind of a holdover. And then obviously like, you know where the 49ers land heading into the draft to kind of know if they have a chance at any guys that they feel like they really want. Now, as far as guys who can, you know, pick up the Kyle Shanahan playbook, what really is Kyle Shanahan's playbook? Right. Um, we've seen him run a variety of offenses. Um, you know, when you go back to the Houston Texans, it was like air out everything, right? It was like throwing the ball downfield, Andre Johnson going for a bunch of yards. Um, Andre Johnson actually has two best years of his career under Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, Matt Schaub played extremely well. Um, and then you kind of fast forward a little bit to the Redskins, and it was like a, a read option type offense. And they did still throw the ball downfield, but a lot of it was... Uh, predicated on RG3 being able to move and run and do things on the move. So um, totally different offense than what he ran in Houston. And then fast forward to the offense in Atlanta. And there it was more like what he had in Houston, where throwing the ball downfield a lot, throwing the ball, um, spreading it around, um, using guys in space, like doing a lot of the, I think the things you ideally want him to see, he did a lot of those. And then go to 49ers, and it's a much quicker Offense Right. Ball out of the hands right now. A lot of uh, quick throws, slants, uh, screens, um, a lot of misdirection, you know, totally different than a lot of what he did in uh, Atlanta, like not so much downfield stuff. So it seems like Kyle Shanahan does a really good job of uh, adjusting to the players he has, adjusting to his quarterback. And I think he does a good job of kind of being able to maximize his quarterback's potential. Now, obviously, or ability at that time. Now, say you bring in a young quarterback, I believe that he would tailor his, how he wants to call plays to his rookie and then probably work to build on that as they go. But the higher you're drafting a quarterback, the more talent that guy has, the more things that he should be able to do. And I think that's what you look forward to um, when it comes to these young guys. So um, it depends on what quarterback he gets. Does he get... Uh you know uh Trevor Lawrence probably not I mean most likely not but you know then get you know fields does he get Wilson or or Trey Lance I think Trey Lance I mean I
3: just to, I don't want to cut you off but I mean I kind of laughed when you said Trevor Lawrence but if the 49ers wanted to go up and get Trevor Lawrence they 100% could it's just how much are you willing to right. give up you well, know you like and, and give- if you are convinced that he is the guy It is tough, which a lot basically the entire nation is convinced. Trevor Lawrence is the guy. No one's going to give a shit if you give up three first-round picks to go get him. Like, do you think anybody is going to knock the 49ers for giving up some crazy amount of picks to go get Trevor Lawrence? Nope. They're going to be like, holy shit. Trevor Lawrence and Kyle Shanahan's offense. Let's go. Right. You know, no one is going to care
2: when you look back on it too, like, you know, I, I kind of glossed over the the uh the, the Carson Wentz trade. And so the Philadelphia Eagles started with the eighth over I mean the twelfth overall pick. They traded to eighth with the Miami Dolphins, and there was like a couple players. It was like Byron Maxwell, um, uh Kiko Alonzo or something like that. Um it was really weird. It was like a couple players and like maybe like some later draft picks or something, and then from they traded from eight to two to be able to get Carson Wentz. So they basically right, moved because up the from Rams
3: to, traded to one and, and everybody was pretty I'm sure Eagles were fine with either quarterback, but everybody was assuming that it was for Jared Goff.
2: Right. Now when you look at all the players that were involved in that, like the guys that ended up getting drafted with all those picks that Philadelphia Eagles um I mean with the that the Philadelphia Eagles gave up. I mean, it was like, they weren't, I don't, most of those dudes aren't even on the on the team anymore. There were like a list of like 15 players. And a lot of those guys were not currently on the team that drafted them. So I know it sounds crazy when you hear like a bunch of draft picks, even if you say, hey, it's going to cost you three first round picks and three second round picks to move up and get Trevor Lawrence, which, I, you know, most of us probably, well, I would do it. Because at the end of the day, if Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback for the next 15 years of my organization, I don't care if I gave up the house for him. <laughs> you know? like
3: Right. I, his I don't his, care his value and what he days. does for your organization is right. going to extend way beyond those picks.
2: Right. So, yeah, I know I kind of went off on you know something that he wasn't asking, but uh, I think any quarterback that Kyle – Drafts. If if that's the route he goes, he will figure out a way to tailor the game plan around that player's skill set, and that's exactly what he's done with Jimmy Garoppolo as well.
3: Right, and 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 I think you mentioned this too, but it just because I mean Kyle Shanahan's playbook is essentially endless. The guy probably comes up with new plays, you know, multiple new plays on a weekly basis, but it doesn't mean he has to give it all to a rookie quarterback. If he's got a rookie quarterback and he, you know, he wants to give him 20 plays and it's like, Hey, let's start with these. I've got plays that work off these. So once you get these down, you know, getting the other plays is going to be pretty easy. Let's start here and then we'll work our way up. Like it doesn't necessarily mean that he just throws down his playbook on the dude's desk. And is like, good luck, bro. You know, like he knows what he needs to do just as well as, as any of us. So you know, yeah, but that's – I mean, that's an interesting conversation that I feel like we can have an entire podcast on. Is And we will eventually. You know, we're going to break down every single one of these quarterbacks and kind of which ones we feel like are most tailored to Kyle Shanahan or or ones we'd like to see him go after, stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm sure that we haven't even gone – that's our first question in the mailbag. We'll see what we run into. Yeah. All right. Craig Matthews, at Craig2349, is Robert Sala really that good? Is he why – if he was, why? If he was, okay, got it. If he was, why didn't he get offered a head coach job last year after last offseason's standout defense? Um, I don't know. He got interviews, didn't he, Kroc? He got, sure, got he got interviews.
2: And I think it was down to him and the officer coordinator from the Vikings for the Cleveland Browns job.
3: Right. Yep. Yep, it was. You're right. So I mean, he's right there. But once you start getting interviews for a head coach position, you're 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 like in the, you know, you're in the queue. You know, you're obviously getting looks from NFL teams. You have, uh, you know, you're you're held in high esteem around the NFL. I would think that despite the fact that the 49ers' defense wasn't as good, that it isn't as good this year, I still think that NFL teams might be just as, if not more, impressed what with what Salah has been able to do with a defense that's missing like half its starters, including two of its best pass rushers. So I don't necessarily think this season removes him from you know from other teams as far as being interested to fill a head coach position.
2: Right. Um you no know, I agree. I, I think guys are gonna, you know, everything comes with context. And at the end of the day with with being a head coach, I think ultimately the big the most important thing is are you a leader of men? And from everything we've seen with Robert Sala and how people respect him, you know, around that organization and how he carries himself, he seems like a leader of men. It seems like he's extremely smart. He's had to work his way up, um, you know, from being on college staffs to being the, uh, like, uh, defensive quality control for Seattle and going over to Jacksonville, being a linebacker coach and kind of working his way up to, a, you know, being a defensive coordinator, you know, and – for a guy who nobody really knew who he was when he was hired as the 49ers defensive coordinator. And he's done a tremendous job, even in years, again, before, as far as yards go. You know, the 2018 season, 49ers had like the 11th to 12th ranked defense in the NFL with like no edge rushers, no anything. He got some edge rushers and it took it over the top. And, you know, we've said it before, like all coordinators need good players. And once he got it, he had you there are times where you see teams loaded with talent and the defense still sucks. And I think he's done a really good job of keeping everything together. For the most part, obviously like, you know, there there's some games here and there but for the most part, it seems like he comes in with a really good plan and he's able to adjust very well. So, um I think he's he's a, an extremely good coach.
3: Right. Yeah, and I, and I don't think the league is, is being is done being interested in him in him either. So, you know, stay tuned. All right. Hughes Janus Sr. at Janus Hugh. How is it that the 49ers staff doesn't realize how much Eric Armstead sucks? Um I'm not really sure that Eric Armstead sucks.
2: I don't think he sucks. I
3: don't I don't think I mean obviously that question could have been asked with a little bit of jest or a little bit of uh, I'm a punk ass on Twitter type of deal. But, um, you know, like, I, I think Eric Armstead's fine. I mean, look at – if if you looked at the 49ers defensive front right now and you had to choose one player to focus your efforts on, who would it be, Kroger?
2: It would be Eric Armstead.
3: Right. So he doesn't have Nick Bosa. He doesn't have, uh, you know, um, DeForest Buckner. He doesn't have D Ford. The the most talented player opposite Eric Armstead is a brand new rookie uh, that's still kind of getting his legs underneath him. So you know when a def- when an offensive offensive line approaches their game plan for the week, Eric Armstead's the one person that they're going to at least make sure doesn't beat them. And I don't think that just because Eric Armstead hasn't produced uh, to the same level he was last season, it's easy to see why. It's easy to see why he hasn't produced, and he's still got he still got a pretty good pro football focus grade. Um, he's still making plays. You know, there's a lot of dirty work that goes on along a defensive line that fans and, and people that just kind of observe football have no idea about. Um, and again, I think it just has to do with something like, you know, you remember the plays that he didn't make, but you probably weren't watching all that well when he is making plays, even if it means tackling a guy right at the line of scrimmage or something. So, um, I, I mean, I, I don't want to go on too long about that. I don't I don't think he sucks, and I don't think the 49ers coaching staff thinks he sucks either.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Armstead, Ar- he he's a good football player. I I I can I imagine he'd start on pretty much every NFL team in the league.
3: Yeah, 100%.
2: You know? yeah. So, not saying he'd be like a top-tier guy on any roster, but he he's a he's a good starting defensive tackle. Now, or in, you know, wherever they line him up. Now, you know, he just needs guys around him. You know, like, he's not somebody that can just take over a game on his own. But, you know, if you put out there, you know, Nick Bosa, Ken Law, and, like, D. Ford, then he will dominate, like, the person in front of him with, like, those type of one-on-one blocks. And you'll see him clean up stuff more. So, he just needs a little help. I don't think he's, you know, Aaron Donald where – He's just going to win no matter what, you know, even if he has nobody around him. He's he's not that type of guy. But he is a good starting uh, defensive lineman that would excel if if it was kind of – if the D-line looked how they envisioned it to look heading into the season.
3: Right. I agree. I agree. And that's not like – that's not a knock on Eric Armstead. Like you're not saying, oh, he needs talent around him to succeed. It's just a pure – you know, it's not even – it's like they have negative talent around him, you know? So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's brought him to the forefront as far as where an offense should focus as opposed to having the genuine starters that are supposed to be out there. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not just, he requires talent. It's that there's a lack of talent around him. So, yeah. you know, and, and that works from a schematic point too. Like if you got guys too crashing in from the edge that are going to force a quarterback to either stay in the pocket or move up, And that's when a guy like Eric Armstead gets to eat, but there's nobody out there. And so that's why you've seen quarterbacks escaping so easily because, you know, they, they don't have much to worry about. So anyways, um, Jason Buckland at Jason L Buckland. Should the 49ers fear the saints as much as Eric Crocker fears his rabbit?
2: (laughs) Uh, Yes. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Good question. The answer is simple. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're firing on all cylinders right now, playing well on offense, playing well on defense. Um, you know, and that's tough. Like a team like 49ers, you got to come out. And, and I. if if the 49ers were a little healthier, if the 49ers were as healthy as the Saints, then no. But considering the where the 49ers are right now, they need help.
3: Right. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Ahmad Otala at Ahmad 80. Hey guys, last time I sent a question, I had a Jimmy G lacked killer instinct. Maybe I should have said consistency. What's the likelihood we draft a QB in the first round? Thoughts on the BYU quarterback, and do you think they'll keep Jimmy next year? Seeing as his cap hit isn't terrible to place hold for a rookie quarterback, um, it's he's still definitely too much. lacking consistently for sure.
2: Yeah, the, the the contract is still too much. If like because if you draft a quarterback high. Like, say 49ers use the resources to draft a quarterback at the top of the first round. It's still a decent amount of money that that player gets, and they get a lot of it in that first year. So when you kind of couple that with the money that Garoppolo will be making, that's a lot of money kind of poured into your quarterback position. So um, that that makes it a little tough. That makes it a little tough. I, I think they only – yeah, that's that's tough. With where the Fortnite's roster is currently.
3: Right. If if they had a, a you know a, a huge block of cap space, then I would say keep Jimmy. Like you know, and 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 start the season with him, see how he does, and then if he starts to fall off, then you, then you throw in your new quarterback. But I just don't think they have the luxury this year of doing that. They don't have enough money. They're gonna if 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 they are if they are set on moving on at quarterback, then they really can't keep Jimmy G because. Uh, and that money is going to go, the amount of money Jimmy G is making is going to go to re-signing. Like you could with, with Jimmy G's money, you could resign, um, Trent Williams and Fred Warner, you know, like just, and you might be able to do more with it. You probably could, you know, and the, with the way they swing contracts these days. But I mean, that right there tells you all you need to know. If they know that he's not their future. They're going to need that money to re-sign guys that they that are their future. So it's just that simple. It may put them in a, a rough spot for a year or two, but you know it's all about the long term. Um, thoughts on the BYU quarterback? Man, he's smooth. You mentioned him before I really started focusing on him, Croc. But Zach Wilson is smooth. He's a and he's got arm talent. You know, I know yeah. I've, I've seen people mention his his mechanics, and sometimes they will they will leave him because he knows that his arm will do it. But I remember people saying the exact same thing about Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not saying Zach Wilson is Patrick Mahomes, but, I mean, he has got arm talent. Like, he can just sling that thing. He makes all the NFL throws, you know, far side of the field, um, out routes and curls and, you know, stuff like that. So I like it. I yeah. like it.
2: I, I like it too and now nah, playing himself it. out of
3: reach but I, again i'm I'm re, let's say the 49ers get what they get right now and like a 15th overall pick nobody's out of reach it's right. just do you want them you know how bad do you want them uh,
2: Rusty chuck real quick there were a couple um people that brought it to my attention which I knew I knew that uh Kansas City and uh the Houston Texans traded up to you know, I knew they played in divisional round playoffs, and they traded up to picks ten and picks twelve to draft Mahomes and Watson. But I mean, they were they were both picking like in the late twenties. Like I want to say one of them was like the twenty seventh pick, and they moved. And it might have been the Chiefs that were the twenty seventh pick in that draft and traded all the way up to pick ten to draft Mahomes. So they moved yeah, up because I think
3: that was five. the year where the Chiefs had that huge lead, right? And then in the playoffs, and then they ended up losing with Alex Smith.
2: Was it against like the I, Colts or something I, like that?
3: Yeah, yeah. I I want to say it was that year, but I mean, uh, it's hard for me to remember all this stuff. But
2: yeah, well, Alex. I want to you know, say it was, and, and that's the thing, real quick. And I know we going with you know the whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing, but that's what you're doing. That that that's what you're trying to do, right? You're trying to go from a quarterback who you can win with, which. I think in, like, those years, Alex Smith played some of his best football that he's ever played. And even then, they knew, like, this is not what's going to take us over the hump. So we have to figure out a way to do something else. Now, people talk about championship windows, Super Bowl windows and all that. That was the Kansas City Chiefs team that was pretty good. Like I said, going to the divisional round with Alex Smith, they were in that, like, championship window. And when you think of uh, going to a rookie quarterback, that's going to reset our championship window, like – or that's gonna knock us out. No, it's not. You want to try to get over the hump. And that was what Kansas City did. They move and obviously like Mahomes is in, is an extreme uh scenario, but you or example, but you move all the way up for a quarterback that you feel has the ability to take your offense to higher heights. And that's what the 49ers are trying to do or need to do right now. And not to, you know, rag on Garoppolo, but they have to figure out a way to get this offense to higher heights. Like when things aren't going your way, when you're down 24-0 in the in the in the playoffs, can your quarterback throw the ball around to bring you back? Right? We saw Mahomes do that. When you're down 10 points in the Super Bowl, can your quarterback throw the ball like in every playoff game in the Texans game, uh Houston game or, or oh, no, hold on. Titans game, excuse me. Titans, Texans And 49ers game, they were down double digits in each game. And their quarterback was able to throw the ball around to bring them back. Like, you need that type of ability from your quarterback. And you need your quarterback to be able to overcome circumstances that are not ideal. And that's what you're trying to do. Will Alex Smith have been able to do that? Hell no. Hell no. (laughs) Hell no. And they knew it. So they went out and they got somebody that could take their offense to higher heights. And I think that's what 49ers need to do. And you move up and you do whatever you have to do to get that guy.
3: I agree. Hell yeah. Uh, Rusty Shackleford at nine one six one Marengo. What position do you see the 49ers targeting early in the draft, guard, cornerback, quarterback, or other? If it's not quarterback, then I see it either being interior offensive line or corner.
2: I, I would say corner. I, I would yeah. say, you know, you, it, it, you know, excluding the quarterback position or say they just, okay, they decide to stay with Garoppolo. Um, get me somebody like JC Horn, right. Kind of go out there and, and, you know, I talked about liking Mosley. I talked about liking Verrett, but you know, you go and you get one of these top tier cornerbacks and you have your starter for the next, you know, eight to 10 years. That's what you would hope. So, um, that's what I would do. Yeah. I mean, they haven't poured that type of resources into the cornerback position or the interior line, but that you need, you need, you need somebody at a corner that, that can take on some tough challenges and, uh, I I will kind of go that route.
3: Yep. I agree. All right, let's hit up our uh, let's hit up our sponsors real quick. We'll get them through and then we will get right back to our mailbag. We still got plenty of questions to hit up. Coming right up. Even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like Sponsor Jobs Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions do apply. Offers valid through December 31st. And of course, we Bet got BetOnline. Football's back. It's in full swing. We're halfway through the season. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. Bet Online's going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, coaching props. Betonline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their seasoning opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE. It's all one word. B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're rolling. Yep. Genu Sores at Jigga Is it really worth... The 49ers moving into a different direction at the quarterback position if they don't address the interior own line issues this offseason. Do you guys think their interior own line should be a high priority in the draft? Uh, yes, absolutely, 100%. Uh, that's going to be kind of a, a delicate dance that they play, that if they do go after a quarterback and they do sacrifice some draft picks, you know, it's gonna, they're going to have to figure out how they're going to do so while still addressing the draft. They have to figure out with, what to do with Western Richburg, who has been making a lot of money to do a whole lot of nothing. Um, you know, it, it just depends. It, it depends on what their – Ben Garland was good when he was out there, but he's also been hurt. So, you know, there that's all. That's They obviously, like you said, Genu, they go hand in hand. Uh, the 49ers are going to have to figure out how to address both. That being said, you know, if they keep Trent Williams, Lakin Tomlinson, um, Mike McGlinchey, I'm not sure what the uh, Daniel Brunskill stock is. You know, they, it's, they're it's they not horrible. Um, they just would need to make sure they got that short up.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, the, I mean, obviously the right guard position has kind of been a revolving door, and you would like to have somebody that can at least hold it down for a few years and you're confident with that. Um, I, I probably would go the free agent route if – you know, quarterback or cornerback is more of a priority. But maybe even if it's just investing in a higher pick, I don't even think, you know, at guard it has to be a first-round guy. Typically, you know, those are tackles that you take high like that. Um, Unless it's like, you know, Quentin Nelson, who just super dominant, and everybody knew he was a top-ten pick. But for the most part, usually guards kind of go in the you know, second, third round, and you can find somebody that definitely can contribute. So um I think... I mean, even you look at what they've done. What about McCole Kivitz? Have, have we seen him play yet?
3: No, they haven't really put him out there at all yet.
2: Yeah, see, so, I mean, there are guys that I'm pretty sure if the season starts really getting away from the 49ers, you'll see, like, a McKivitz out there and kind of see what you have from him down the stretch. And, you know, that'll also be something that lets you know, like, okay, do we have to address this right guard position high in the draft or, you know, via free agency. Obviously we've seen that it kind of has been an issue, but um, you never know exactly how much until you, you know, see everybody. And McKivis is somebody I'm pretty sure they'll start throwing in there sooner or later.
3: Yep. Yeah. And, and right now is a, a, when the expectations are relatively low, you know, right now is a good time to see who's who. Um, Patricia Allegria, What's up, Patricia? I always see you in my Twitter. Patrici one two four one one nine zero two. Can a prospect drafty refuse to be drafted to a team he doesn't want to play for? Can he pick a team? Sorry, I'm new to how this process is done.
2: Didn't <laughs> didn't Eli Manning do that? Definitely. Well, it goes back even further than that. Um, it starts with John Elway. So John Elway was he was drafted by somebody. Dang, I wish I remember exactly who it was. But he refused to go to that team. And I think he sat out a year and was going to play baseball or something like that. And then the they, they actually tried to work out a trade to send Joe Montana to that team for John Elway. That obviously didn't work out. And they ended up trading him to, like, the Denver Broncos. It, was, it happened something along the lines of that. And, um, yeah, so that's how John Elway ended up in – with the Broncos, I don't think he was originally drafted by the Broncos. He was like sitting out like a whole year or something like that. was going to just play baseball.
3: Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm not exactly sure how the process works. And then, yeah. And then
2: Eli Manning, like you, you, you brought up. So Eli, so, so this is, I mean, with anything, Eli Manning and his dad came out and said, look, we're not playing for the Chargers.
1: We're not going there.
2: So if you, the Chargers had the number one pick and they said, look, If 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 you if you draft us, if you (laughs) draft us, but you know you draft Eli, he's not playing for you. So they drafted Eli. And do you remember what Eli looked like when they kind of you know they go and they talk to the player after they're drafted? Oh, he looked like like I don't know why they just drafted me. Like I'm not playing for them, and that kind of forced the Chargers' hand, and they ended up trading him to the they ended up trading him to uh the Giants who selected with the 4th pick uh Philip Philip Rivers. So that was how Philip Rivers ended up going from uh yeah, Philip Rivers originally was drafted number 4 overall and traded to the Chargers. Weird.
3: It's weird. I mean I mean Obviously, I don't. I don't think a player can technically refuse to be drafted by a team, but because you're you're entering the draft, you're voluntarily entering the draft, and when you do that, you are you're supposed to be embracing any and all, you know, occurrences that come from it, results. But you know, you can do kind of what those two had did and say, "Look, this ain't happening," you know, and I, I will not cooperate. And they kind of forces the team's hand to uh, to do something with you, but and it, it, does, it doesn't happen too.
2: very often. No, it doesn't happen often at all. And I want to say, if the player sit, does not report or anything at all, I want to say they go back into the draft the following year. Now, I could be wrong, but for some reason, that's that's in my head.
3: Right, yeah. Like, that, that, that I mean, they, they,
2: they They kind of just revert back to being in the draft, and that team is just out of that pick.
3: Damn. <laughs> that's crazy to think about. We'll see. I think Patricia just hopes Trevor Lawrence is going to refuse to play for the Jets. I'll
2: try to – as you ask the next question, I'll try to Google and see what the ruling is. Okay.
3: All right.
2: Jamie, at J
3: underscore Mittom, M I T O M. do you think Trey Lance – and this is definitely a question for you, Crocker, because you've done your homework. Do you think Trey Lance, having more experience lining up under center, gives him the edge over Zach Wilson when it comes to adapting to Kyle Shanahan's offense?
2: Nah. Um, a lot of these teams. Actually, I've seen it more often now that some quarterbacks are going on the center. So it is it is at least a little more familiar than um, than what we, we you know in recent years. But yeah, I think it does help Lance just because you've seen it. And with Wilson, it would be something that he has to learn. But I mean, we're looking at Justin Herbert right now, and he didn't play on the center at all at Oregon, and he's doing just looks hella good. Yeah
3: look good. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't. I just don't think it's a big hurdle anymore. I think you know some experience doing it is great, but I don't think like a college quarterback prospect is going to be held back by the fact that he didn't take snaps under center. You know, he's obviously any college quarterback that knows he's entering the draft and knows he's going to get drafted has been practicing that for probably you know years. So uh, it, I just don't think it's it's that big of a deal. I, I think that any quarterback will will overcome that. Pretty quickly.
2: And, um, I have um, an answer on the, on the whole drafting. Go. So, yeah. So, if, if a player is drafted, if a rookie is drafted to a, a team and he does not sign his contract, he basically goes back into the draft the next year.
3: Damn.
2: Yeah. So, I was right. I don't even know how I knew that or where I heard that from, but yeah.
3: That's, I mean, and that could do a whole lot of damage to your draft stock. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, that's, that's interesting. And Elway
2: was drafted by the Colts, so I was right. Yeah, he was drafted by the Colts, and they traded him to the Broncos because he threatened to pursue a, a major league baseball career.
3: Wow, drama! Some draft drama. All right, we're rolling. Small to a giant at your bitch. Love me one. <laughs> Why haven't we sang, signed Tack McKinley or Vic Beasley yet? Yeah, both were cut. Should be cheap, and we need it. Both ex-first round picks played in Seattle scheme. Vic Beasley.
2: Yeah, he got cut.
3: He did. Mm-hmm. Who? Oh, you know what? For some reason, I'm thinking of Bud Dupree. <laughs> I, I got those two names mixed up. I was yeah, like, now nah, he's
2: balling over there with the Steelers. Yeah, I
3: was like. How the hell is it? okay? Yeah, I mean nobody's signed Vic Beasley, so I I don't know what what you know. I don't know what's keeping teams from signing him. You know he's a pretty he was at one point he was a very impressive little speed rusher, but I don't know. I mean I can look at his his stats and see kind of where he's gone. He only played five games this year. I guess you know I guess that would be the case. He didn't really get a whole lot of snaps last year. He had eight sacks. You know, 12 quarterback hits, eight tackles for loss. I don't know. You know, that's a good question. I don't know what happened to Vic Beasley. I feel like I should know, but I don't know. But Tack McKinley, obviously, we already talked about that. He was claimed on waivers. He wasn't a free agent. Uh, Had to go through the waiver process. Um, Brian Williams, at BWill2288 underscore N1G. What is the likelihood we see D Ford again this season? Also, what are the things you're looking for forward from seeing from the team during the second half of the season? Um, I'll handle the first one. I don't I don't think we're going to see D Ford again this season. I know, well, hold on. Crocker, you re- it wasn't that long ago when you when you answered somebody about D Ford saying we'd see him again this season. Do you think we will? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> But now, now, all like every time you say that, I laugh because and it and it makes it sound more realistic, just because it's funny. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they, I don't think he plays again this season. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he retired after this year, with the way injuries are just, you know, keeping him from really doing anything. I don't know, you know, you a lot of NFL players are really stubborn when it comes to that moment, but it just kind of seems like we're we're near that time for D Ford. I don't, I don't know um and this here's a good one for you grog what are what are you looking for i think we, we we've kind of talked about this but what are you looking forward to seeing from the team during the second half of this season what do you want to see
2: i i mean it i guess compete the, well the 49ers aren't out of the playoff con, contention, so it's it's really tough because it feels like the season's just completely over and at that point you just want to see like all right who's going to be the guy guys that are going to contribute next year But if the 49ers start, you know, kind of getting a little healthier, they might be able to string together some wins. I mean, you just never know. And I mean, it's tough right now. Um, 49ers are four and five. You lose your four and six. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I guess just, I want to see the young guys. Like, right, I want to see, like, Law get a few sacks. I want to see Ayuk. Uh, continue to progress as, you know, a, a receiver and really like the, the go-to guy. Those are probably the two things I'm looking f- forward to seeing the most.
3: Yep, I agree. And I think that was kind of our general consensus is just see the f- – try and put players in a position to uh, to show you what they got and what they can do for you next year because, you know, with the injuries it is what it is. There's nothing the 49ers can control about that. Sure, they could make some miracle run, but just put guys in a position to succeed, guys that, you know, either – you just want to see see what they're capable of, or you want to see if they should be a part of your plans next year. Just give everybody a chance to clarify that for you in the front office and, and just roll. Um, Devontae, at Devontae Nunnery, should I start the Saints defense versus the 49ers? Absolutely. Kroc? Well,
2: um,
3: what was the question again? It's a fantasy question. Should he start the Saints defense against the 49ers?
2: Yeah, with Nick Mullins, I mean – it's kinda kinda goes under the radar, but Nick Mullins is a turnover machine. He turns the ball yeah. over a lot at an alarming rate. And it's not just this year. I mean, like, as long as he's been quarterbacking for the 49ers, he turns the ball over a lot. Whether it's fumbles, interceptions, you know, whatever. We we see it every game. Um, he's turned the ball over multiple times. So Definitely.
3: Yep, one hundred percent. And after what they just did to Tom Brady and the and the Tampa Bay's offense, you should start the Saints defense because whatever they're smoking over there is working really well. So, you know, go with it. All right, uh, Alfonso Valdez at Gonzo Seven V. Hey, fellas, what's your take on what DeForest Buckner said this week? I seen this tweet from Akash, and it made me it made sense to me. Like, why say anything now? Is he trying to win the breakup? Um, that seems a little dramatic, but Buckner did say. A few things this week, you know, when he was asked about how things ended with the 49ers, he did say that he said, that the, you know, he kind of wished the 49ers would have met him in the middle and that he was genuinely surprised uh, when the 49ers traded him. You um, know, I'll start this off by saying uh, DeForest Buckner doesn't really seem like the type of guy that's just going to bullshit his way through something. He's always just kind of seemed kind of straightforward and honest and just kind of chill. Um But saying, like, I wish they didn't trade me, like, that was very much a part of the whole process. Like, once the 49ers realized that they weren't going to be, or at least it was reportedly part of the process, once the 49ers realized that they were not going to be able to meet DeForest Buckner's numbers or come close to them, then they gave DeForest Buckner's agent permission to seek out a trade. So... To me, when you say I, I was surprised they traded me, but giving the that party DeForest Buckner and his agent permission to seek a trade, why would it be a surprise? Right when when that was a whole part of the process,
2: you know, I, I like think maybe he's surprised that they that them going in that direction was even a thought.
3: And while I do agree that that's how I felt at the time, I thought DeForest Buckner was like you know, kind of like a Justin Smith type of player. Like you keep this guy around and you keep him until he no longer wants to play football. But with the 49ers in the position they were in and the amount of money they didn't have and the other people that need to be played and the fact that they got a 13th overall pick for him, I thought it, you know, it all made sense pretty quickly. You know, they got the 13th overall pick for DeForest Buckner. That's It says something about Buckner's talent, but it also, I I believe they were compensated fairly. So, you know, it, it, there's just a lot of things to consider, but yeah, maybe, maybe what DeForest Buckner meant was, you know, I was surprised it got to that point. You know, I was surprised they even let me walk out the door after, you know, essentially after how well he played and how much he poured into this organization. Um, it still was a surprise to see him trade. It, it was a surprise, but it, it, it all made sense, if that still makes sense. Right. You know, it, it was a surprise that you would let go of a player that talented, but it didn't take a genius to see the situation and what they were presented with. And, you know, they, they had a couple different ways to go, and they chose one of them, you know, and that's kind of the way it went. I don't necessarily the, think the 49ers acted in bad faith you know, like I don't think the, the, the you know, if you're seeking out a trade, then it's not a surprise when you get traded. So, you know, kind of just how the situation unfolded. I don't think anybody is in the wrong. DeForest Buckner's playing great. He's getting paid a shit ton of money. You know, obviously the 49ers, it would seem like they have the shit end of the deal because of how things have unfolded. But the 49ers got destroyed by injuries if the 49ers had some some talent still available on that defensive front, then they would they would probably look like both teams are firing on all cylinders. And I think Javon Kinlaw is, like, ranked third in the NFL when it comes to pressures created by a rookie. So, I mean, he's not – one of the first ones is Chase Young, who's, you know, I think he was, was in the, that start,
2: yeah. like the second
3: overall pick or the first overall pick. Second. Second, right? Because got a quarterback. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, to me, there's it's just kind of like, okay, Buckner said this. Yeah, moving on. Because it, there's nothing about the whole situation that really seems weird. Right. It is what it is. Controversial Joe, at underscore Lord Joseph Crocker, what are the 49ers giving the Jets for Trevor Lawrence? <laughs> Like I, okay, <laughs> on your GM hat, bro. If, what would you give them? What would be your first offer? We'll say that. Whether or not they accept it, what would be, let's say the 49ers are at pick 15, the Jets are at pick one, they still have Sand Darnold, They don't necessarily feel like, you know, they might, They maybe they feel like they can get by without Trevor Lawrence. What are you offering? Three first, three seconds. Damn, that's your first offer.
2: Well, okay, I'm my first. Okay, three first, two seconds. <laughs> it's going to be a lot. Like you don't even want to go in there and be like and them shoot you down or give somebody else the uh, opportunity to kind of, you know, swoop in. It's just like, look, we're giving you the house. You have our first round picks for the next three years now. Again, if the foreigners who we think they are, those first round picks will be back in of uh, first round and second rounds for the next few years. But yep. You have you'd have your guy. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm giving up whatever. And, um, you know, you got to retain some guys. They've done a really good job of drafting later. So, you know, we're talking about fourth, fifth, sixth six-round picks. They've gotten guys that can contribute. They would just have to really do that over the next couple of years, which, uh, you know, I, I I think they can find a few guys that can play.
3: Um, Do you think – I'm assuming that you think Trevor Lawrence is worth that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think he's a big time talent, man. Like he's, you know, the way he can move, um, he can make all the throws. Uh seems like he's all about football. Like, I think you just know he just seems like somebody that's gonna be with the team for 15 years. Like he seems like that type of quarterback. Now if he yeah, goes I to the you know, there's no guarantee it is gonna last a few years. But uh, he goes to the 49ers and you pair him with Kyle Shanahan. I like that. Well, and, and I do think if somebody does move up
3: to that spot, I do think it's going to take something close to that because there's going to be, I would think there's going to be at least half a dozen teams that are serious about moving up to that spot. And and you're going to have to outbid them. So you have to be able to, and some of those teams are probably not going to be as far back as you are. So if you're the 49ers sitting right in them towards the middle of the, the draft board, you have to, you have to make it an offer that like stands out, like something like what croc just said. So right. they're going to have competition for that spot. Um, but to me, that's, that's an option that should be realistically, realistically consider. All right. Hemish Patel at Patel underscore Hemish. It's a long shot, but our record is four and five. We are a game back from a wild card spot. We need to play pretty perfect to make it in. If we can get Jimmy back um, in with three games remaining, we have a shot. Guys like Cherm and Maserati getting back healthy too. What do you all think? I definitely think it's possible. It's just it depends on what happens between now and those three games remaining. You know, you said it yourself. we got to play pretty perfect. Nick Mullins has to play winning football against talented teams. You've got the Saints. You've got the Rams. You've got the Bills. Uh, you got the Seahawks again. You got the Cardinals again, right? You know, like they they have a lot of very, very good football teams coming up on that schedule that the 49ers are going to have to beat. So, yes, you, you are right in saying that they would have to play pretty perfect. It's definitely doable, but it would have to be a team that we haven't seen yet under Nick Mullins.
2: Right. I'm not very yeah. confident that yeah i'm just not i can't even think that far ahead
3: yeah right right yeah it's it's tough it'll be very tough i mean it could happen crazier things i guess have happened but it's just it's a long shot right uh cody and jelly at that one guy 49 who do the 49ers bring back next season okay let's head over here i thought i pulled this up let me see um all right, so let me just list off some of these names. You pick You pick two, uh, Crocker. You pick two. Trent Williams, Richard Sermon, Solomon Thomas, just Quisky Tark, Kyle Juszczyk, Tevin Coleman, Kendrick Bourne, Kiko Alonzo, Kwan Williams, Ronald Blair, Ben Garland. No, okay, I'm going to stop. No, let me – I don't want to give you that many names, okay? What's that?
2: Trent Williams and Kwan Williams.
3: That's who I would pick, too. Yeah. That's who I would pick, too. I would probably if if you were moving on from Jimmy G, which, uh, which I assume is kind of a prerequisite for keeping a lot of these guys around. Um, Trent Williams, K one Williams for sure, and, and I don't really think it's close. I think those are the guys. They could probably bring Ben Garland back for relatively cheap if they wanted to part ways with uh, Weston Richburg. I'm kind of looking down the list. Bring Kerry Hyder back. He's been a stud. I can't believe they're paying him five hundred fifty thousand dollars. Uh yeah, those would be my picks as well. Those and then I would try and uh get Fred Warner's contract done right now. He's gonna make all pro at the way he's playing right now. Yeah. It doesn't even seem like a they're I mean, doing a good like job. It.
2: Like it reminds me of like the you know, a Heisman campaign, you know, right where the team is like pushing the player. It seems like the 49ers. Right,
3: the all pro Fred
2: thing. Yeah, they're yeah, they're pushing Fred Warner as like all pro.
3: Which is good, you know, because it's not—it's not bullshit, right? He is, you know. You saw those uh, comments from from Aaron Rodgers when they were talking after the game. He's like, he's like, look, you're the best, man. <laughs> like, that's what it is. And you know what? What's cool about that is, I remember when uh, Aaron Rodgers was being interviewed, and he he said that Justin Smith was the most dominant player he's ever seen on film. You know, like you, you just like he just seems like a guy that just kind of keeps it real and has no problem shouting out other players, people he goes against and stuff. I guess that happens pretty often, but um, you know, he, I, I don't. I just don't think it's bullshit. I think that Aaron Rodgers legitimately believes that Fred Warner's the best linebacker in the NFL, and and he has a case. And Fred Warner is playing like one, of, like a top three linebacker in the NFL now.
2: Nah, um, yeah. What's up? No, I said definitely he is.
3: Yeah, for sure. Trevis, uh, Travis, Trevis. Travis. If that's Travis, that's a cool-ass way of spelling Travis. <laughs> but I'm going to say it's Trevis. Trevis Gage, with Tart now on IR, what's the best thing to do? Move more to strong safety and see if he can play there for a future? Um of Warden Moore or start Cyprian and see if he can play there for a few years until we draft and develop a strong safety. I'm not sold as Harris being our future at strong safety. Crocker, what do you think, man?
2: Um, I think – I mean, I've I've said it before. I like like Harris at strong safety. Now, are there things that, you know, with any team, you know, you'll see some, you know, growing pains with young players and stuff like that, but for the most part – I, I like Marcel Harris and what he brings and what I've seen on film. Obviously, like, you know, the touchdown last week that he was responsible for, you don't want to see that. And I think things like that, I look at plays like that as, a, you know, that's an easy fix. The the more you see things like that, the more you'll understand, okay, I can't do this or I can't do that. And um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, yeah, get Tavares more on the field. I, I like his ability as well, but I, I don't – I'm not one of those pers- – People that are out there, like, you know, just kick, uh, kick, uh, 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 Harris to the curb. No. Right.
3: Allow him to at least compete for the role. I don't, I mean, can, can Tarverius more play strong safety? I mean, he likes to hit, but he's, he definitely has the body of a, of a, a free safety or a corner.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt that he'd be able to, but, uh, yeah, I think ideally you want somebody with a little bit more. A yeah.
3: little more oomph, a little more a yeah. little more thick. All right, Izzy Drastic, at Izzy Drastic. What I really want to know is who's the backup QB next season? Does Mullins or Bethard at all return? Or do you believe Jimmy holds down the fort until a possibly newly drafted rookie is ready? P.S. I still believe we run it back with Jimmy next year. Uh, that's reasonable. I mean, I don't know. I think <sighs> – I don't know, man. That's a good question. Is it Mull? I think next year will probably be the first year where it is Mullins or Bethard. Um, I think they probably go with Mullins. Is is CJ Bethard going to be a free agent?
2: Yeah, is, is I, it I that say, time? I would say definitely uh Because
3: he's a restricted free agent. Right. That they can that they can put a you know a tender on. They'll probably do like a third round tender, I assume. Um, and go that route. Yeah, it is. C.J. Well, Bethard is becoming a free agent, and I don't think any team's really going to pick him up.
2: I think somebody will pick him up because he, you, you he has talent. He's just not good.
3: I guess, like, I would say, as
2: yeah. a
3: but as
2: you know, a starter. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, as a starter. But I think there will be teams that like sign him. You know, like. I mean, he you, does have a starting experience. Teams will put on some film and be like, ooh, that was good. Oh, that was a good game. Okay, you know. And maybe, you know, they'll they'll look at certain things and be like and try to figure out and try to figure out how to uh like well maybe he could just be a good backup for us. Right. Yeah,
3: no, I, I agree with that. I feel like I, I may have stepped out too quickly. Like I think that a team won't wouldn't have any problem keeping him on as a backup. I think he's probably better than a lot of the backups in this league, but I mean he's not gonna He's not going to get starting looks or, or a payday or nothing. Um, All right. Jonathan Kiernan at Jonathan KNBA. Thoughts on Tyrod Taylor as a bridge quarterback for the 49ers next season, a cost-effective effective, option, sure pair of hands and a mobile quarterback who can arguably make all the throws Jimmy can trade Jimmy to New England for a second or third draft interior O-line help with
2: the Jimmy pick. Uh, yeah, that's actually not a bad plan at all, all the way around. No,
3: it's not. I mean, if you're going, if you're going to go quarterback in the first round, I mean, I, I don't know what. I guess in, in, under that scenario, they wouldn't necessarily have to do that right then. I do feel like this is a pretty good draft to try and land a quarterback, though. Like, there's like three or four very good options, maybe five or six, depending on what your team, how your team evaluates quarterbacks. Cause you got, you know, you got guys that, that aren't, you know, you got the guys that are being talked a lot about like Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, um, uh, Wilson, Zach Wilson. And then you got, uh, what's the other guy? What's the guy from,
2: uh, the small school that so the Wentz came from? Trey out? Lance, Trey uh, Trey Lance, Trask, from, Mac Jones. Uh yeah, you got Mac Jones from Alabama. You got Trask from Florida. Yeah. And I think so that's like I mean, that's
3: like, a pretty good crop of quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, and that's kinda like the guy. Now when you get into Jones and Trask, they're they're just not as mobile. Like, you know, like for what you kind of like I, I think if this were if we were talking about five, six, seven years ago, I think they would be guys that you really consider like really high. But now with mobility being a little bit more of a necessity, they're guys that kind of slip down a little bit, you
3: know. Right. So I mean, but I mean it depends on what the forty ers think too. I I do feel like the 49ers should kind of get after a, a um try and get themselves a quarterback that can threaten defenses on the ground. But at the same time, like maybe they think Mac Jones is their the dude. I and mean, he makes some beautiful throws like from the pocket. And he can read through a defense pretty quick. So, I mean, maybe he's like their guy. And they realize that, huh? Trask
2: Trask is is really good at that stuff too. He just doesn't really have arm strength. Like everything that Trask throws, it like kind of like floats. But it's like he always makes the right decision. His ball placement is really good. But he lacks that. I don't even, when I say like athleticism or like movement ability, I'm not even saying like. Lamar Jackson. I'm not even saying like Patrick Mahomes, but just like just the be- the ability to be able to make a play outside of the pocket, like and between Mac Jones and Travis, they kind of lack that. Like you, it would have to be wide open for them to like kind of take off and pick up like eight yards, which I've seen it, it happen, but it's something it's very rare with them. Um, right, they don't really put any type of pressure on the court on on the defense because they can move. Like that's not no, uh, that's not them.
3: Yeah, it just depends on what they want, but I mean, like if 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 they're high on just as high on Mac Jones as they would be, you know, Zach Wilson, then then all of a sudden you're looking at an option that might just be sitting there for you at at fifteen, and you can get your guy without having to fly up the draft boards, you know, something like that. But yeah, there's there's just so many options that they that options that they got to take a look at. I just feel like in that scenario with the Tyrod Taylor thing, like, do you want to wait for another quarterback class, or do you want to you know, this one seems like it's got so many options. You might want to take advantage of it. It, it could go go either way. All right. Um, Antonio McFly, who are the top three guys on defense that you guys feel the Niners must keep in the next few years? Um, Well, shoot, I mean, there's some easy answers to that.
2: Bosa, Ken Law, Warner.
3: Right, right. And Well, then Bosa's not going anywhere for a few years. Um. Yeah, obviously Warner's gonna need a new contract. So that's I mean, that's easy. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is coming up on it. Somebody they're actually gonna have to resign. So we got I would go with as far as defense. This year it's got to be Kwan Williams for me. I don't really think there's anybody on that defense that takes priority over him. Then you got Fred Warner, and then um I'm trying to get it to show where it's just the 49ers players. Okay. Uh none of these. Yeah, Fred Warner's right there. Boom. Nobody huge on this list because I'm looking at 2022 right now. Fred Warner is the easily the biggest name on this list, and then you go to 2023, and it just well, it's not just loading. Okay, um, Jimmy Ward's on that list. No, Nick, it is Nick Bosa. I mean, they're going to pick up his fifth year option, so whatever. But Dre Greenlaw is on there. We'll see what he, you know, we'll see how he pans out. But that's another person I, I could see them not wanting to let go of.
2: All right.
3: So that was my cruise through the, the the upcoming free agents from the 49ers, you know, over the next few years. K1 Williams is an easy one this year. Fred Warner is an easy one. Um, I'm not too concerned about Jimmy Ward. Drag Green Law Nick Bosa is going to have his fifth option. You know, that's, that's, that's easy stuff right there. Those are easy decisions. Okay. So I did put out a last call for questions. We got a few in here. We're in the home run stretch. Uh, lead deal uh, at cog LD 24. Do you think the 49ers organization has what it takes to make the right decision at quarterback? Is that answer keeping Jimmy or moving on? Well, you said it was kind of 50-50, Croc. If I, I think your answer is moving on, right? If you had to choose.
2: Yeah, if I had to choose. And but you know, his original question was, are the Fortnite are they capable of making that decision? Like, or the right decision? And like, yeah. I think so. Of course they are. They've done, yeah, like, I, think- they've done I don't question much that the 49ers have done. Obviously, there are things that maybe I would have done this a little different or that, like, you know, instead of waiting and drafting Jalen Hurd, I would have traded up a couple of spots and drafted D.K. Metcalf. But, like, there are certain things I would have probably done differently, but I don't question anything that they've done. Or I don't want to say question. Like, I don't, I don't look at them that they aren't doing the right things for the team. Like, every organization is going to have some bad picks, or some bad signings like that's just gonna happen like look at we just talked about Vic Beasley getting released he was somebody that was what uh you know paid a lot of money or or he had 16 sacks and then he was moved to a different team and didn't even play there like you know like there are things that just happen and there's going to be misses but for the most part I think they've done a really good job of constructing a roster like it's just not healthy so yeah I I I, I I pretty much trust them with everything that they do for the most part. I don't really question much. Even if yeah, I agree, in my position if it doesn't, even if it doesn't align with what I would do, and I think that's some sometimes with the issue that people have It's not what they would do, and it didn't work out. So then they just like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. But it's like, dude, they they constructed a Super Bowl caliber team in two years. <laughs> you know, like in the in the third year. Like, come on, man.
3: Right. No, I, I don't I – don't. it's not that they've been with – but, again, we've, we've had this conversation before here. A good NFL GM hits on, like, 30 to 40% of all his decisions, you know, and, and his draft picks. So, like, that's just the, the, the un, unpredictable nature of talent evaluation in the NFL. And I feel like John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have done that, you know, and like Crocker said, they took a – what was pretty much the worst roster in the NFL – and turn it into a Super Bowl contender in like three years. Right. Like that is not common at all. So, you know, it's it's just a matter of of just respecting that. You know, you don't that doesn't absolve them of mistakes, but you need to respect what they've done and realize that they're probably pretty capable of making decisions going forward. My thing with quarterback this year is realize you've got a really good quarterback class. Really good. A lot of very, very solid quarterbacks. You know, there, there could be five to six first-round quarterbacks go off the board. It's a great class. So, to me, I would tell Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, like, they give a shit what my opinion is. But I would say, okay, find two guys that you feel like are the guys. They might be going one or two overall. I don't care. Then give up whatever you got to give up to go get them and just move on. Right. Don't think about It doesn't matter. I don't care how many first round picks you give up, obviously within reason, but just just get your guy and 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 do your thing. If if Kyle Shanahan sees this amazing future where he can completely revolutionize his playbook with Trevor Lawrence, then trade up for Trevor Lawrence. Like, who gives a shit? Just go do it. Like, and, and we'll move on. If if it works out, no one's going to care what you gave up. If it doesn't work out, you're probably fired. But that's just the way it works. It's the way it works. You know, like you, scared money makes no money. Whatever that's saying is, scared money don't make money. What, what's the – that's that's probably one of my whitest moments on this podcast. But <laughs> you know what I mean. Like just just pull the trigger. Do what you got to do. Because, I mean, this is, a, is an uncommonly good quarterback class. You're going to be in the top half of the draft class probably, even though you shouldn't be because, you know, just by the nature of the team, take advantage of it. Do something that's going to change your organization. Uh, read, right. at Scuba Steve. What do you think of targeting a mobile QB? We're on division. We're in a division with Russ and Kyler. When you get that right dude to take in, the advantage is incredible. And plus, Kyle Shanahan. Yes, if if they can get up, which one of these, which one of these quarterbacks do you consider mobile quarterbacks? Croc. of
2: uh, the top guys, all four. Yeah, are, all four are. So we got Zach
3: Wilson's definitely mobile. Um, Trevor Lawrence is obviously mobile. So uh Trey Lance is pretty mobile
2: more, more mobile than I think people think.
3: Like he's as mobile as as anybody, like in the league.
2: I mean, we, we, we were talking about a guy who had like a 65, 70 yard touchdown run against Ohio State in the playoffs. Like, like he can like run, run. And they run really right. with him a ton. I'm pretty sure he, he's really like 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 a better passing version of Cam Newton. Or you know what? Andrew Luck. Remember Andrew Luck was able to run. He was pretty mobile.
3: He, right. He was very, he was way mobile.
2: Yeah, he can like he can like really run. He can really run. So he was fast. Um, but yeah, Trey Lance, uh they're all they yeah, they're all mobile. All these guys are mobile.
3: So you got Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson.
2: Justin Fields, I mean their, their DB coach told me he watched him run a four three eight.
3: Damn. And even if they were a little off, that's still hella fast.
2: I mean, yeah, if you, you're telling, saying he run like 4-5 flat. like That's still hella fast for a quarterback. Plenty fast.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's real fast. That's real fast. So, yeah, I mean, I do think if the 49ers can, can get a mobile quarterback, they should because – You know, I don't necessarily think it should come at the cost of. uh, You should still have a lot of faith as that the quarterback can make the throws you want him to make. It's not. It doesn't make up for being a bad thrower, but it's another dimension. Like you still see Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray chucking the ball and making good throws. They still both got crazy arms. It's not an excuse not to have an arm, but it's it's obviously an added dimension that can completely transform the way you do things. Whether it's intentional or just on broken plays, you know, a broken play with with Jimmy Garoppolo would probably typically result in either a sack or an incomplete pass. Whereas a broken play with Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson can result in like a six to 15 yard gain. Right. You know, it's it makes a huge difference. But you guys don't need me to tell you that. All right. Last one, Croc. I guess we already talked about this, but Chris wants to know, are there any updates on the rabbit? I mean we we covered it, but is there any last words that you have towards towards Peter?
2: He's up to something.
3: <laughs> He's up to something, bro. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, that's it, man. That's our mailbag. Every question. I think we had about twenty five, which is yeah. which is awesome. You guys are coming up. Remember that's you know, that's the mail however this mailbag episode goes is on you guys. So, you know, you guys have been coming through in the clutch these last three or four weeks. So, yeah, it means we got to sit on here a little bit longer because we're going to hit every one of your questions. But that's what I kind of expect when we jump on here for the mailbag, and, and I don't mind it whatsoever. So that's it. Crocker, you got any uh, any closing thoughts? We'll be back on here tomorrow to preview the Saints, but, you know.
2: Yeah, no, nah, I mean, anything it sounds like 49ers quarterback position is a hot topic. <laughs>
3: I know, I know, and I'm looking forward to talking about it, you know, why not, and if they end up going with Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not going to be upset, I just, I'm, I'm looking forward to the possibilities of, of new, I'm looking forward to the possibilities of, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo making everybody regret, talking bad about him, or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever comes our way, it'll be cool to watch, it'll be cool. But yeah, that's it. That's it, folks. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for for uh, asking your questions and and making it to where we got some good content to push out to you guys. Uh Crocker and I will be back on here tomorrow, which is Thursday for us. You guys will get that episode on Friday. We'll be breaking down the Saints game and how the 49ers and Nick Mullins can can socket to a team that just held the paint or excuse me, the uh, Tom Brady and And the Bucks to three points. We'll see. We'll see. But we're going to talk about it like they got a chance. So be ready. Um, But again, thanks, everybody. I appreciate you for another day. This is Striking Gold signing out. Peace.